Hey, this is Pastor Tom with North Lincoln Baptist Church, and you're watching Not Another Church Podcast. This is a weekly podcast featuring church staff and your host, Pastor Tom. So thanks for tuning in. Let's talk about membership and... and uh, yeah, let's get specific. Okay, so, you know, at, uh, back when Lifeway had stores, I always used to, to laugh out loud at you could buy these little... Um, Altoid look knockoff looking things that were called commitments. Um, <laughs> what was it for? There were mints. I know, but why commit? I, it, it was a Jesus junk. It was the. Okay. It Church was just. Word. There were commitments. I didn't know if you were giving them to people after they well, cried at the of, altar. No, or what? Instead of <laughs> having just like a line in it like mints, it had a little cross. Oh, of course. Of course it did. They were commitments. So you need to make a commitment for Jesus. <laughs> now maybe maybe we could solve the solution of the close talker with the two cups I of coffee with the commitment. The commitments, if we only had those. You know, why not? I mean, we could break down just go to the service station and get some Altoids. But, you know. I would be willing to bet that you could probably get online and still find you some commitments. Should I Google that as we talk? <laughs> so um, I think that the big issue with membership comes back down to commitment. Um, <laughs> and be, be, I'm buying you some for Christmas if I can find those. <laughs> <laughs> She's looking right now. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Talk. So, uh, okay, we've lost Donna as she falls down the hole of Google. <laughs> the Lifeway closeout. Oh, yeah, we get a case of commitment. Commit. Next Wednesday, you'll have a case still at Ed's office. Fantastic prices on eBay. Commitment sold direct. Wow, sold direct. Yes. No, we've cut the middleman out for your commitment purchases. <laughs> Not only that, you can get them personalized now with favors and flowers. Or your favors. <laughs> yes. I mean, okay. Yes. <laughs> Wow. I had no yeah, idea. That, that is a rabbit trail. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, I don't think I've it's got a, a baby trail. shower coming up. Maybe I should get some commitments or a wedding. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think if we can get them, we may pass them out at North Glencoe. <laughs> <laughs> for Father's Day. We, you know, we always get the junk for Father's Day and Mother's Day. Give everybody... Uh, a plastic flower that's going to get thrown in the floorboard? No, no, no. Okay, I, I really think the altar thing is not a bad idea. I mean, because, you know, when you go up there and you are praying with someone or you are calling out to the Lord and you've got something on your heart, you end up crying. You know, it, it, it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Maybe we should lay out some commitments up there. and We can, you know, <laughs> we can solve lots of issues up there with that. I can already see, like, a little parody video. You know. <laughs> commitments okay. brought to you by Jesus. For our Bad Bunny, what's the old videos we used to do with Bad Bunny? Yes. Is your prayers not effective enough? It's not a commitment. <laughs> do people shy away from you yeah. when you pray over nobody them? Else pray with you. <laughs> well, nobody else pray with you. Uh, in the commercial, you got the guy drinking a cup of coffee, looking around curiously. And someone walks up and hands him. A commitment. Yeah. You think, need commitment. I'm trying to think of the, the deodorant equivalent to that. Deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to, just trying to think of a spiritual word. You need to get the spray cut so it would be like a fog. <laughs> we could have the fog and everything. <laughs> What's the body axe. spray? The axe. Yes, axe. that's what <laughs> Well, instead of axe, we could have sword of the spirit. <laughs> wow. Sword of the spirit body spray. 
Daily, take up the sword of the spirit. I think <laughs> it writes itself. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark, North Point Care. I think we've lost the string of thought here. Okay, back, 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 back. Okay, uh, so back to um, <laughs> the, uh, the idea of commitment. I think one of the reasons why, well, first of all, I think one of the reasons why the whole idea of membership is gone a little bit askew is because of really bad theology and people who pardon my pun, don't know what they're talking about, standing in the pulpit and saying things that, that are wrong. So the example that I used was, you know, hey, you're, you're a member at a bank. You shouldn't be a member at a church. And so they, they, they have this idea, and they think in their mind that that's really <coughs> going to be cute and, and going to be attention-grabbing, and that's going to help people, and they run with it instead of checking off of God's Word before they open their mouth. Or even, you know, even in questioning, why would a bank or gym or any other club offer a membership? What's the importance of it? What does it mean? And, and you know, why would they be doing that? So why would we um, not? So the, the word term member, the person who chose to refer to church membership as member is God. So we don't get to change that. We don't get to question it. Uh, and the reason why he did was because in Old English, the word member was talking about the different parts of your body. And so Paul, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and so their members are, he's referring to nose, eyes, toes, uh, all the members of the body, though many, many, are one body. So it is with Christ. And so what Paul is saying is, all of the bit different members of your body, your leg, your arm, what's the song? The leg bones connected to the hip, <laughs> hip bone. bone. Yes. So, so all of those make up your body, so each member makes up uh, all of the parts of the body of Christ. For in one spirit we're all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and are all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not <laughs> consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. I mean, this is a ridiculous analogy in that Paul is clearly here throwing a little sarcasm in. What if your foot one day got up and said, you know what? I'm tired of being a foot. Every day you're cramming me in a shoe. I get stinky. I'm, I'm the one that supports all the weight of this body. What if your foot were to say, I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of this body anymore? It's no less a part of the body. It still has, has to have its function. And if you were to cut your foot off because you said, you know what, here's a part of my body that um, it's stinky, I don't like it, and I cut my foot off, then what, it's not just the foot that's going to suffer, the whole body's going to suffer. Right. And so that's why the analogy is being made. It also is very fitting... For, in the church because one of the places where the enemy attacks us is, is this part of the body is more important than this part of the body, which is more important of this part of the body, is a really common problem in the church where if someone um, is committed to working in the nursery and they regularly work in the nursery, it's easy for the enemy to attack them and say, nobody cares that you're in there changing diapers. Nobody sees what you're doing. Nobody sees what you're doing. And what kind of spiritual impact does it have that you've wiped these snotty noses all day? It's not important. There, there, are, there are somebody over there across the hall who's teaching God's people God's word. 
that has significance. What you have is no significance. And so this analogy is really fitting. In fact, uh, you know, to the ch- speaking to children's ministry, I was at a pastor's conference, and uh, the guy stood up and said, what if every Sunday you knew that you, ha- were go- that you were going to have a group of lost people, self-professed lost people who came to your church every Sunday? Would you find your best teachers to put in front of them? Would you find and put them in the, your best location in the church? Would you make sure that they were exposed to the gospel every time they came in the door? Of course you would. And you have that in your church. Yes. You have a group of hell-bound sinners and these snot-nosed youngins that we've all created that are being forced by their parents to come to church. I've watched people dragging their kid by the arm across the parking lot. Yes. But every child who comes in and walks in that door until they have come to a saving faith, have, have conversion, a, a, you know, whatever the language is that you want to use it, where we talk about where we become a follower of Christ, they are lost. They're sitting there week after week after week. Now, the teaching does change a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to use some of the same words you do, and I'm going to slow it down. I'm going to, I'm going to let them ask questions. You know, um, I bet you don't move around as much as I do. I bet I do. I don't know. It's pretty close. I dance. Do you use hand motions to your songs? Um, (laughs) But we, um, you know, we do When I sing, I do use hand motions. And I will tell you, I laugh because every, uh, not every week, but a lot of weeks I get feedback from a parent. It's either a friend of mine or somebody else, and they tell me their child comes home, and they caught part of it. And they, and the, you know, um, last week I had one that was a kid went home, told his mom that um, I told them that their soul doesn't go to heaven. Their body does, but their soul doesn't go to heaven. Well, <laughs> what are you teaching in there, Donna? <laughs> no, we're talk- we're on the- we're on some of Jesus's miracles. We were on Jairus's daughter. We're moving into Lazarus and all that kind of good stuff. So he caught part of that. Now that is not what I taught, but they're kids. They miss a lot. So every sure. week I have to slow down and I do a lot of repetition because of that. Like so, next week we'll come back and I'll review a little bit of the story before because I'm like, now make sure you catch what happened here. Did you see that? And that's intentional every week. Week. We do a quick review of the week before. We bring up some of the most important parts, and we repeat it over and over. And I have, um, every time we meet for baptism with a child who has um, is professing faith and wishes to be baptized before the church, almost every time they end up telling you that baptism is how you get saved, or in some way they see it as part of salvation sure. instead of just a symbol of it. Do you know how many times we have taught on baptism back in the children's area and said, baptism is just a symbol of what's happened inside of you. You know, and we talk about the symbolism of it where, you know, being buried in the likeness of his death and raised again to new life. You know, we use all that symbolism, but the kids catch a little bit at a time. But week after week after week, as parents faithfully bring them back to us, they finally, you can see the light hit in somebody's face almost every time. And I'll think, you know, I've had you since you were like four years old. You're going on 11, you know, but all of a sudden it clicks. And it starts, they start to understand. And I, I think that's a beautiful part of, um, so of, of children's in ministry. So in Paul's analogy, the, the reason why referring to us as members, one of the reasons why it's so important is because it's easy for, whether it's children's department, whether it's the ushers, whether it's... Our women's ministry. Women's, for, for the enemy to say, you're not as important as that guy. It's equally important. Way that the enemy can attack is the opposite of that, and say you're way more important than those people. 
And so this analogy makes that an impossibility because an eye does no good sitting on the table. Yeah. It needs all the rest of the parts for it to work. And so, uh, you know, in all of the analogies that can be used, I think that the, the analogy of the body, and the body is Christ's body, which then, like, like many things in Scripture, can it go even deeper in that when people go, well, why doesn't God do X, Y, and Z? And the answer to the question is because we're a bunch of lazy schmucks. <laughs> because we are the body of Christ. So if, we, if somebody's going to go feed those hungry people, it's us. The ambiguous they. Yes, they, they. They, they will handle it. They will do it. They will take care of it. And yeah. just so that you know, we, I, I, uh, we, we as a church do a tea every year. And uh, after the tea, everything hadn't been put back exactly the way that it was supposed to. And we came in on Sunday morning. And one of our deacons was saying, they didn't, didn't do this or they didn't do that. And I had a little bit of a non unpastoral, not non-pastoral, but unpastoral come apart and said, there is no they. There's no such group of people called they. <laughs> no. They don't do anything. Either you, big boy, do it, or have the guts to look at me and say, Tom Harrison, why didn't you bring you your happy self in <laughs> yes, here? because they don't mean they. <laughs> they don't mean they. They mean you. You, yes. And so... Uh, we, there is no they. So North Glen Co. or anybody listening to this podcast just realize that in any organization, but especially in the church where it's all volunteers for the most part, there is no they. <laughs> and so if we're asking, why is the gospel not being preached in the streets of insert name of wicked city here? It's because we're not doing it. The reason why those people are going hungry is because we're not putting together a way to feed them. not saying that every church has is being called to do everything, but I'm saying we can't ask that question because we are the body of Christ. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are the ones who take the ministry that God has given us in his word out to the world. There is no they. It's just us. Well, and that, that goes into the argument of where to, to commit where you're placed, where you're planted, you know, as, as we say. Bloom um, where you're planted. Bloom where you're planted. But wherever you are, that's the place to be all in, to be serving your Savior, to find the places where he's called you to help. Because I can't save the world, but I can help at my local elementary school. I can't, um, I can't fix homelessness, but I can help someone who is here and direct them to places where they can give them longer-term help, you know, I think some of the issue kind of with the church and stuff with membership, and sometimes I think where people find the difficulty is they don't know their foot or they don't know their hand, you yeah. know, and and so, and I think it's not us, when I say church, I mean kind of as a whole, that sometimes I think when people tend to drop off, I think sometimes it's just because I think they know that they're valuable, but they just don't know what Find out where they fit. At. Exactly, kind of yeah. like their piece of the puzzle and... Because I know several people that has kind of been that way in other places and, you know, either larger churches, even smaller churches, they struggled because they just didn't know. Well, you member, know, we, when we have volunteers that come in, usually what I try to do, and I learned this, I didn't do this early, but I learned this as I, as I went that, um, and even in women's ministry, I'm watching when I'm, you know, teaching and when I'm, we're planning an event, who does what well. 
And like the first few weeks when someone comes back and wants to help in children's ministry, I'm like, okay, let's try you in a few different ages. If you know you want to help with kids, now let's figure out where it is that all of a sudden you just connect and you're able. Because sometimes it's those little first graders, those kids who are struggling to learn to read. And and, and we'll have a woman come in. And and I've had somebody that served for me for a long time or um, with me for a long time in the children's ministry. And she was working with... Um, older kids, and finally one day she comes in, and she's like, would you mind if I did the younger age group? And I was like, no, and then I figured out, I was like, I totally missed that. I mean, she'd been helping for a year or two, and she was a good teacher, good leader, godly woman, loved her very much, and I, you know, realized that, okay, that's what we've got to do. We've got to let her kind of try all these different areas and see where it is that God has called her to, because he'll you know, he may open some doors and let her try some things, but he's, you know, he'll very clearly, quickly help her to find people that she bonds with, connects with, she or he, I'm, I'm speaking generally now, um, and, and find out where it is God wants them to serve and how it wants them to serve. But it's also no different than what I was talking about earlier with kids when we're praying for them to find friends. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, adults, we desperately long for that that relationship, that need, that to feel like those are my people and that they love me and I can love them back. You know. I, yeah, I think finding your your place is probably in, in coming to a new church the hard, hardest part, yeah. um, because in my in my own life, ex, my experience has been that burnout occurs when you're someplace you don't need to be, and it's exhausting. If you were to ask me to lead the music, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not good at it, and it would be draining and exhausting to do it on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, I couldn't do it either. Yeah. So. When people go, oh, well, you talk this time, this time, this time. And I try to explain to them, that doesn't drain me. I could preach, literally, I could, the preparation side's another thing. (laughs) But I could easily preach two or three times a day, and it would not exhaust me because that doesn't drain me. That fulfills me. Yeah. And there's there's a difference. When we're not doing what God's called, not necessarily what God's not called us to do. There have been times in ministry where I have had to step in and do things that I didn't particularly enjoy doing. But where you, when you find that groove where you're where you need to be with the people you need to be with and you're serving God in a way, then the rest of it is immaterial. The food, the water, the, the atmosphere, the, the sur- surrounding. Hey, who cares? I'm doing, I got my groove. Mm-hmm. Um, and so find, helping people find that spot. because And some people um, think that they're good at something <laughs> that they're not. I've had multiple people say, you know, God's called me to sing. And I look at them and think to myself, uh, that was the wrong number. Because I've heard you sing. So or you're some telling people, me not to sing anymore. <laughs> I, some, some people have said to me, I feel like God has called me to teach or to preach. And I say, uh, well, let, <clears throat> let's start talking about the hermeneutic process and how, how to prepare a lesson because I know that God has not called them to teach because I've heard them teach. And so when, when we find that place where we're gifted and, you know, well, you can get into the whole external and internal uh, verification of that call because... A lot of people don't realize that, that, that throughout the Bible, not only do we have an internal that God, I feel that God's leading me, there's an external where other people are saying, hey, you need to be. I see you doing that. I can, I, so there's, there's both involved in that. And so uh, when we're plugged in where we need to be in church and we're with the people we need to be, then 
everything else comes naturally. Yes, and Satan's fighting that just as much as he's fighting every other part of our walk with Christ. He's going to be fighting us to keep us away from that by difficult people, by the things that hurt, by being members of the body and you're connected. You know, maybe that foot doesn't particularly want to belong to that leg. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I'd rather have a different leg, but, you know, but we fight that and Satan is fighting us on every portion of that. We get our feelings hurt. We don't communicate well. We di don't... Um, we don't follow biblical guidelines for um, confrontation. Which brings yeah. us back to commitment. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Every person listening to my voice has, a, has had conflict in their family. <coughs> but in family, we can't <clears throat> just throw our sister away. <clears throat> Over time, uh, you, you make up. All right. With that, we end today's podcast. Thanks for watching Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. We want to invite you to join us Sundays for small group at 9 a.m., worship services starting at 10 a.m., and you can find North Co. Baptist Church live each week on Facebook and our northlinco.org website. If you miss church, no worries. Our past services are easily accessible. They're archived on YouTube, Vimeo, Facebook. Make sure to stay up to date by following northlinco.org. Go serve your king.